presented by Blue Cross Blue Shield Association. Hey, good morning, Playbookers. I'm Raghu Manavalan. It's Tuesday, and this is your Politico Playbook Daily Briefing. Here's the latest on infrastructure. The Democrats' two-track process is no more. After weeks of linking passage of the $1.2 trillion infrastructure package to the party's larger reconciliation bill, Speaker Nancy Pelosi told her members Monday night that she's forging ahead with a standalone vote on the BIF as the much larger social spending bill is being hashed out. It's a reversal by not only Pelosi, but Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer and President Joe Biden. Their previous position was that one should not, indeed cannot, pass without the other. This sets up a major showdown between Pelosi and the squad, as well as other members of the Congressional Progressive Caucus. CPC Chair Pramila Jayapal has been saying her members will tank the Thursday vote if the Senate doesn't pass the larger multi-trillion dollar reconciliation bill first. After Monday's Democratic Caucus meeting, she said, quote, Until that happens, there aren't the votes for the infrastructure bill. We are going to vote for both bills after the reconciliation bill is done. The move comes amid a softening in Democratic negotiations. Progressives have stopped insisting on $3.5 trillion in spending. They're less focused on the top-line number than what programs make it into the plan. Moderates, meanwhile, have been clear they're in favor of a reconciliation bill, just one with a much smaller price tag. As for the timing, Senator Joe Manchin repeated Monday that the deal on reconciliation is a ways off. Quote, it's a heavy lift. It's going to take a while. Here's the view from progressives. They feel tricked. Progressives keep referring to the, quote, original deal that infrastructure would move only if the party delivered on their other priorities, from affordable housing to climate to free community college. So what do progressives actually want? Publicly, progressives say they need a Senate vote on reconciliation in order to back the BIF. But progressives are also signaling they might accept something short of that, a framework with a top-line number and an ironclad commitment to back key provisions they like. Here's the problem, though. Talks with Senator Manchin and Senator Kirsten Sinema have barely begun. House Democratic Caucus Chair Hakeem Jeffries had this to say, What's holding everything up are a few senators who aren't providing us with any clarity as to where they ultimately will land. We have some fresh polling results from our weekly collaboration with Morning Consult, and they offer some good news for President Joe Biden. His domestic policy agenda continues to pull above his job approval number, but it includes a warning sign for both parties on a potential shutdown or default. The bipartisan infrastructure bill remains quite popular. 56% support it, 27% oppose it. We also asked what voters thought about the size of the BIF package. 57% thought $1 trillion was the right amount or too little to spend. We also asked voters who they would tend to blame more if the U.S. were to default on the national debt or if there were a government shutdown. Voters tell us they will spread the blame around. A plurality says they will blame both parties equally. One big, perhaps obvious takeaway, passing BIF and highlighting the GOP's lack of support for the spending and debt relief bill is good politics for Biden. Biden did indicate on Monday afternoon that Democrats' deadlines could start to slip. Quote, it may not be by the end of the week. I hope it's by the end of the week. But as long as we're still alive, we've got three things to do. The debt ceiling, continuing resolution, and the two pieces of legislation. If we do that, the country's going to be in great shape. Biden continued to project confidence. You know me. I'm a born optimist. I think things are going to go well. I think we're going to get it done. Here's what's up in Washington today, starting with the White House. 
At 10.30 a.m. Eastern, President Joe Biden will receive the President's Daily Brief. The White House COVID-19 response team and public health officials will brief at 12.30. Press Secretary Jen Psaki will brief at 1.30. The Senate will meet at 10 a.m. with a recess from 12.30 to 2.15 for weekly conference meetings. Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin and Joint Chiefs of Staff Chair General Mark Milley will testify before the Armed Services Committee at 9.30. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen and Fed Chair Jerome Powell will testify before the Banking Committee at 10 a.m. According to prepared remarks, they'll warn how the coronavirus has slowed the economic recovery and that inflation pressures could last longer than expected but is likely to moderate. The House will meet at 10 a.m. The Democratic Caucus will hold a closed meeting at 9 a.m. All right, one last thing before we get out of here. The Politico podcast survey is closing this week. It's at politico.com slash pod survey. Politico.com slash P-O-D-S-U-R-V-E-Y. I'm going to let you in on a little secret. We're actually going to read all of them and do things you want us to do. It's kind of like voting. The people who show up dictate what happens. It's weird. I know. Anyway, you can catch a link in today's show notes. Our music is composed by Breakmaster Cylinder. I'm Raghumana Valen. Have a great Tuesday. We'll see you first thing tomorrow morning. The United States has the highest maternal death rate of any developed nation, and racial disparities are a key factor. That's why Blue Cross and Blue Shield companies are confronting this crisis. They've launched a multi-year nationwide health equity strategy, starting with a goal to reduce racial disparities in maternal health by 50% over the next five years, building a more equitable system for the health of America.